If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey into deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. And today, let's chop up some wood, starting with my cleaning up for my championship party. That's right. Had them little seven-year-olds over here, my Buffalo Bills, NFL, San Fernando Valley flag football champions of 2023. I'm more proud of this than they are. They don't even know what they did. I know what we did. We didn't have all good players. Let me just say that. I'm sorry, parents. (laughs) I'm sorry whoever registered for my squad. Um, and my name is starting to starting to catch catch fire out here. Like uh, the the list of parents that want me to coach their kids is growing so much that um, thankfully the commissioner handles that and is taking care of it and kind of xing some names off. Um, but I wish I could coach them all. Real talk, especially the ones that are not that good. As long as I got MJ, we're gonna be all right. <laughs> Let me stop playing. I ain't playing. Um, long as we got MJ, we're going to be all right. But I love coaching up a kid just to see him develop. Like, you know, the kid who can't even run, got two left feet. Then by the end of the season, he's catching touchdowns for you. Like that dude. And um, that's been my experience. And because I have MJ, I actually get a lot of those kids to balance it off, to level the playing field right now. So, look, I was young MJ, what, 1983? I get it. Stace Bozeman, myself. Shoot, Curtis Conway. Y'all want to y'all go through the names? Jaleel Holloway. I've seen them. Bobby Lucky, like dudes who just like, okay, that team is stacked over there. So Gumby, all these boys, Tremaine folks, I could keep going. Hubert Rush in the building. But the point being, uh, we had our party yesterday and um, my wife, I love her so much. She's a warrior and a worrier. <laughs> y- y'all hear me? She's a warrior and a worrier. Godly, that lady worry about anything. Okay, so it's like time to clean up. All I need to know is, how you want it, because I'm going to handle it. I'm going to do the dirty work, whatever. Just let me know how you want it. 
But my wife can't do that. She wants me to make the decisions for her, but she already has it in her head what the decision is, right? You know somebody like that who asks you a question, loaded question, not even rhetorical, like loaded. Like the question is answer it this way. Oh, you're not? Well, here's my answer. I'm like, well, let's skip the middle step because you don't give a damn about what I'm really saying. So that happened yesterday before the party, but uh, I'm used to her. You know, we've been together eight years, uh, married eight years, I should say, but together 10 plus. So I know what I was getting myself into. We cleaned up the house, got it right. Kids came over. Oh, so dope. Like all their parents were sitting outside, all the kids inside, running up and down the stairs, playing video games, just living life, man. Stuff that I used to dream about when I was little. Not so much having my friends over, but being able to have things for my friends to be entertained with other than us just talking in a couple of games, right? Uh, it was just great. But no matter what it is, kids could get a piece of paper and, and a pencil and have some fun playing tic-tac-toe, right? But it's just good to see dreams realized and especially those guys because we weren't the favorites to win. We actually lost the game in the regular season to the team that we had to see in the championship game. That team was loaded. They didn't lose one game. That team, first player of the game, they scored on us. Second player of the game, they picked us off. But my team persevered. And that's what I love about it. So we had a ball. We had a great championship party. Fam, friends over. We played uh basketball I, I y'all look on instagram and stuff i, I kind of hooked them up man because all throughout the year they always ask me for playing cards trading cards coach where's your card they asked for jerseys too but i ignore them when they ask for jerseys hell no little boy you ain't get no jersey um but they were like where are you playing cards i want a card i want a card so i was gonna give every kid a card duh but then i wanted to have some fun a little competition you know in this world today we don't want the kids to compete where's the score no score uh where, who won who cares everyone gets a participation trophy which i actually like um but everything else i'm like nah they still got to know who won but they all get a trophy ain't nothing wrong with that nice little hybrid fix right so i had the kids to have a dunk contest <laughs> i had the kids have a free throw contest um a strongest arm accuracy contest yeah, man. And that's how you won extra playing cards, extra trading cards. So we had a ball. Uh, love the little kids. Um, shout out to my team. They'll never be together again. That's how sports works. You never get the exact same team again. Remember when Nick Saban said that he would walk into the meeting. You know, they just won a championship one of them years. Nick Saban just walks in. Guys, don't fool yourselves. We are not repeating as champions because every guy in this room wasn't the same as every guy was in the last room, which won a championship. And I was like, damn, Nick, <laughs> that's the hello speech. <laughs> Nick Saber ain't playing and he ain't lying. I have never been on a team consecutively where we had the same exact team. Never. Any level. Like exactly the same. Hell no. Even an assistant coach would dip out because he want to be a head coach. So, nope. Never seen it like that. Speaking of never seeing it like that, I've never seen something like this. Let's talk about it. Colin Kaepernick, white adoptive mom said he looked like a thug wearing braids to school. Hmm. So Cap's mom said he looked like a thug wearing braids. Accuses his white adoptive parents of problematic upbringing and perpetuating racism. Oh, my. Haven't read the book yet. I guess it's coming out another book or something. Um, so this is like the beginning of the promo tour, I assume. Uh, let's read through it before we get to it. Colin Kaepernick is accusing his adoptive parents of being problematic during his childhood in a new interview with CBS News. Ah, the former NFL football player explains the struggles that he had to face growing up with a white family 
in his new graphic novel, Change the Game. Told you. I know my parents love me, but there were still very problematic things that I went through, Kaepernick expressed to CBS News. I think it was important to show that, no, this can happen in your own home and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. Mm. One particular moment that stood out to him was when he was in high school and told his parents he wanted braids, just like the former NBA star Allen Iverson. And his mother responded, he's getting what roles? <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. He's getting what roles? <laughs> Kaepernick said after styling his hair that way, his mom told him his hair was, quote unquote, not professional. And he, quote unquote, looked like a little thug. Okay. Let's unpack this one. All right, first and foremost, your ungrateful sounding ass. Let me stop. I know his parents, his adoptive parents, are thinking, this motherfucker, he's so ungrateful. Like, you're bringing all this hell and all this stuff up now. Like, we didn't do our best then, and we didn't talk through that problem then. You're ungrateful, Luma. Your parents didn't even want you, and I took care of you and took you in, and this is how you treat me? <laughs> It really takes me back to like that uh, when NWA tried to do their reunion um, in that Dr. Dre voice. He said, I did all this shit and this the motherfucking thanks I get. Hello. <laughs> Y'all remember that song? <laughs> I started this gangster shit. Kaepernick's like, God, Lee, y'all didn't do it right. Y'all didn't do it perfectly. And every parent ever is like, duh, that was the attempt. But obviously that wasn't going to be the result. Uh, parents like I did all this shit. And this the thanks I get. Hello. All right. My wife's adopted. I don't know how that helps me in this situation, but working through some of her trauma uh, is interesting. It's a different dynamic than me born to my mother and father in a nuclear family home. Different than my sister, Tiki, the one I always talk about, who actually grew up with my dad, but her and I are mom. Right. So we only shared mama together, but that was my daddy. That wasn't your daddy. And I saw how that made her feel a little different than me. So I got my mom and dad. And my sister only got her mama. And Kaepernick didn't have either. And my wife didn't have either. Let's talk about it. Okay, so this is really about, is that racism that she said you're going to look like a little thug or something else? Of course, you know, I think it's something else. Because black people say that stuff too. And I don't know how racist you could be on your own. But if you can, well, then that redefines what racism is. Let's do it. Black people are like, boy, you're looking thuggish. You're looking crazy. You're looking gangster. Whatever it may be. We'll talk through it. I think that symbols and style, you know, attempt to represent a person or a group of people. But let's explore the sociological why, right? Style, symbols. Cats actually wear stuff to act like they're that thing. So let's just let's just give it a tagline. You are not it, but you look like it. You are not it, but you look like it. You are not a little thug, but you look like a little thug. What does that mean? And is that racist or what is it really intended? OK, I remember growing up and the first time I got, I guess, around this topic, around this type of information was when I heard Ice Cube. When I was living in L.A., right? I'm a youngster and Ice Cube is representing like gangster, gangster. He had to portray gangster, not just live gangster or see gangster stuff. But now you're an artist. Nobody knows how you live unless you portray it. Right. And what did Ice Cube famously say? I wear a Raider hat, T-shirt and khakis. And when he said that, I was like, why is he saying that? 
Oh, because that's the uniform of gangsters. Now, I don't know which one came first. Was cats really wearing Raider hats, T-shirts, and khakis and banging? Or when you were starting to bang, you said, I got to wear a Raider hat, T-shirt, and khakis. But let me tell you, there were a trillion cats in L.A., and it obviously took off nationwide, wearing Raider hats, T-shirts, and khakis. Why? To say, to show that they were gangster. Even those that weren't gangster. Right? First jacket I ever had, starter jacket. Guess what it was? A black Raiders jacket. I wasn't trying to be gangster, but I had on what the gangsters had on. You catch where I'm going with this? Okay. So, if you're a gangster in L.A. at a time, you wore a Raider hat, t-shirt, and khakis. You also, at a time, may have had your pants sagging. At a time... May have had a bandana hanger. Now you really gangster. Ain't no if ands, or buts. If you got a bandana on, <laughs> you got the flag hanging. Oh, you gangster. You crazy back in the 80s. Oh, hell no. That was a death certificate if you weren't really banging. A Pendleton. Remember those? Like, you know, little checkers and stuff. You had on a Pendleton sagging with some khakis and a flag hanging. Man, don't even tell me you're not gangster. However, I wore a Pendleton before. In the house, I had flag. I never go outside that flag. But I had on khakis. Was I a gangster? Nope. But was I looking like a gangster? Hell yeah, I was because my mama told me I was. My sister told me I was. They're like, what you doing trying to look gangster? Black people telling me that. Was that racist? No. Was it something else? Yes. Was it something else with Colin Kaepernick's parents? Let's see. So I knew that. You can rep something and look like something even if you weren't something, right? So then I started looking around for other ways to identify. You know, I went through my little dancer phase. What was that? Well, somebody who had a high top fade, your kid and play. So I had the big daddy cane curly top look, and then I looked more dancer, right? I had on the the preppy look. You remember like the button downs, the colorful cross color pants, a uh, flower shirt. The high top, big daddy cane, kid and play. I'm preppy. I'm Will Smith, kind of. Whatever you want to call that, right? Mm, a living color. Remember that? Or even a different world. You look like one of those. But were you? I ain't go to. I ain't go to school there. I wasn't in college yet. I wasn't on no show like that. It's just like projections, right? Then you obviously know if somebody's wearing a suit. Oh, look at that businessman or businesswoman. Oh my God, right? We see it all. We ain't stupid. You wear an orange jumpsuit, you know, cats going to be like, damn, you trying to look like you a prisoner. You trying to look like an inmate. You trying to look gangster, whatever it may be. And I've seen them all. Let's go real. Let's go to the racy ones. Six inch heels, mini skirt, bra top. Oh, you a hoe. You a slut. You promiscuous something, right? And that gets a lot of people in trouble because I am not a hoe. I am not a slut, but I am wearing what they would wear. That's what we generalize. That's what you typically saw. So me living in L.A., dressing like a gangster, but not being a gangster, couldn't really attribute that to racism. What can you attribute it to? Well, human beings are wired a few ways, but one of them is that we're wired to generalize, to protect ourselves. How did we get wired that way? Well, we didn't have the information we have now even 30 years ago, let alone 3,000 years ago. You remember? Like before the internet, you just be at the red light and had to look at the car next to you, and that was it. <laughs> now you're at the red light. Shit, man, I'm about to see what's happening in Japan, right? On that phone. 
that wasn't even 30 years ago you could do that, right? Let alone 3,000 years ago, you go outside, hello, 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 anybody, anybody, anybody. You wait for your echo and be like, that's somebody. You hear your echo and think that was somebody else. Nah, fool, you by yourself (laughs) out there. So you generalize because I ain't got time to meet each and every one of you. You generalize. I ain't got time to go into the group and find out the nice guy from the bad guy. Whatever you wear, that's why symbols were so pertinent back in the day. Symbols. They used to draw everything. Everything was symbolic. Why? I'm trying to let you know who I am. I'm representing this, that. This or that. That's it. So when I read this story, I was like, eh, just sounds like some generalization actually in protection. I didn't take it as racist. Only thing that can make you take it as racist is a white person said it. But what happens when a white person and a black person says the exact same thing? Why is one deemed racist and one not? Right. I grew up with a lot of black people clowning me, dissing me. What racism. But then white people said the same thing sometimes. Was that racism? Why? Why is that racism when a black person told me the same damn thing for the same reason? I assume. Uh. Oh, man, that's crazy. I mean, look, it was already a complicated matter. He was adopted, which is unfortunate. But hey, make the best of it. Right. Then you had interracial adoption, like your parents are white and you're black. Mm? Only in America do we mix race and culture intimately. And this great, like greater than any other country. Like most countries don't even attempt it. Like, like, look, y'all stay over there. Y'all stay over there. Your race over there, your culture over there. Do not try to integrate those things. Right. But that's why I love America. That's why you guys all love America. You're here. Right. At least some of y'all. I got audiences everywhere. But (laughs) I'm just saying like that attempt, that ambition, that aspiration is what we all love about America. It's like, nah, dog, we're going to be a real melting pot. That's what it's called. Like properly defined, all those mixes of race and culture is a melting pot. Got love for it, right? But let's just just be careful. Every time we throw around racism, like go a little deeper before you put that big R scarlet letter on somebody because maybe it's something else. I always thought growing up when I saw somebody looking like something that they could have been that, but let me get to know them to know who they really are. Because if not, I was judged as being A, B, and C just based on that generalization. Oh, he's just a thug. Look at him, big old black little dude. Sagging. I used to sag. I used to sag. I used to say the N-word, sag, khakis, Cortez on. I looked apart. My mama and daddy used to check me. Dog, you're doing too much. You're looking like a little gangster. Was I gangster? Nah. Were they racist? Nah. All right, let's get to something that I really approve of and unfortunately just keeps taking hits. Hazing. I am a fan of hazing. Yes, I am. It's a rite of passage. You know, you got to qualify to get in here. Let's talk about this. Harvard's mental health hunger games. Ooh, Katie Stone's been Harvard's women's hockey coach for 27 seasons. All right. She has the accolades to back up such a successful and long career. Blah, blah, blah. Why trying to suck you up right now? Who cares? All right, let's get to the point. Oh, there have been multiple racially insensitive comments from Stone and her staff. Okay. 2022, she said the team had too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. Damn, every one of my coaches has been fired because they all said that. Too many Chiefs and not enough Indians in a team meeting, which included two players of indigenous descent. Both players eventually left the team. Hey, I don't say what hate is unless you're talking about something specific and those people who you're talking about, they say it's hateful. Then I got to bow down. I got to, oh, 
let them. I defer, even though I got my own opinion. All right. There's been an annual initiation week. Okay. That includes various hazing rituals, a naked skate. Now that sounds too far. <laughs> it's cold, coach. Got me out here naked, bucking naked. To this ass. See what he said today? I forgot that part. That's made players uncomfortable. Players were pressured to participate in activities that revealed their sexual orientation. Ain't that kind of obvious? Boy, we in a different world, different society. You got to reveal your sexual, sexual orientation. Like, it ain't obvious. Like, that's a boy. That's a girl. Good Lord. Stone allegedly created a climate where players were constantly on edge. Now, that's where I'm already with Stone. What do you mean you're on edge? Maybe you sorry. Maybe you ain't going to get playing time. Maybe uh, you're just not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, move, man. Uh, including dividing the team essentially into two factions. Stone's favorites and players she didn't value. Usually coaches value good players, but I don't know. Uh, the favorites would then be tasked to monitor every detail about the other factions daily lives. Oh, damn. That's kind of, that's kind of gangster. She said, basically the ones that are my favorites, y'all watch them other ones who ain't. <laughs> you can say that to them, but you can't say that to all of them. <laughs> you can't tell both sides that I get that you got in trouble. You just don't know how to play the game lady. Um, these incidents just scratched the surface of a problem and a program that was described as a mental health hunger games. Okay. Oh, Harvard's reluctance to act because these issues were brought to administrators at least four times in the last six years alone. I'm still a fan of hazing y'all. I hear this problem. Sounds a little more political and a little more bureaucracy and BS than it does maybe actual offense, but let's talk to it with hazing. Why I like it is because it actually is a qualifier, right? A passage, right? Like gangs jump you in, get off the porch, Holmes, man, you fucked up. You joined the gang. Yes. Remember that colors? Love that part. Um, a team, I played on every team every single August. Guess what? Training camp, they ain't nothing but a big-ass hazing, a month long of hazing. And then you got hell week. What you think hell is? Heaven? <laughs> like a hell week. Come on, man. But I do agree with this. There has to be a line. It can't be free for all. It can't be you could do whatever the hell you want. Like, I hear about a lot of initiations and people who join frats and stuff. I ain't eat no boo-boo, bruh. <laughs> I ain't put my hands in nobody boo-boo either. I ain't, it, it could be a banana all you think and all you want. I better see a banana. I'm taking the blindfold off. Banana? Okay, I'll put it back on. Oh, that's boo-boo. That's boo-boo. <laughs> you ain't fooling me. Um, nah, I didn't join a frat. Columbia had like one, one alpha and two and a half Q dogs. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, this ain't it. I, you know, I ain't down south. I ain't where it's at. So stop playing. Um, but, Hazing, the good, the bad, the ugly of hazing. The good of hazing is, yo, you joined it. You you qualified. You went through our initiation, not just, oh, because you can play football or because you can play hockey in this case. You're on a team. There's another team. You know damn well there's another team. It's, it's with the vets. It's a team with the ballers. You want to be on that team? You want to go to in and out with us after team meal? What if food qualified for our team? We're going to jump you in. Now, don't kill the kid. Don't beat him down for real, literally assault. But um, bring him some pain. Let him know he's into something. Hell yeah, what's wrong with that? I know I got initiated. Uh, I told you guys countless times how they take me to the goalposts and poured baby powder and oil on me. All right. Now the vets looked at me differently. I take it. Uh, Pat Williams, that happened to him. Uh, he got also wrestled and beat up a lot, like not real beat up, but like 
they used to wrestle and I can't wrestle and I don't wrestle and I don't like getting tickled and I don't like nobody laying on me. I get claustrophobic. I get weirdly weird. I get super aggressive. So I stop laughing fast and then I drain my own green your ass <laughs> and I'm fighting my own teammates. So uh, they knew not to do that. They're like, just duct tape his ass and leave him butt naked. He ain't tripping on that. They also know that too. They know like where the line is. So that's why I'm like, did this cross the line? The naked skating is kind of hard. Ugh. These are, these are not adults. These are college kids. And Harvard should have did something about it, but it's Harvard. It's not Columbia. Columbia would have been next to this. <laughs> let, me, let me get a recruiting chit on him right quick. We would have been knocked that out the park. What you mean? Columbia airs on the side of, oh, did, 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 did they disturb you? Did, any, did anything happen? Did someone look at you and roll their eyes? Oh, my God. Bring them up on chargers. <laughs> like, that's Columbia. Harvard, I don't know what the hell y'all running over there, but y'all need to listen to your damn athletes. Come on. Get with it. Y'all too smart, pun intended, for this to happen. Mm. Speaking about happening, let me get into this Deion Sanders topic. Um, I did I did some work on this before, talked about this before, but I ain't really hone in on what I want to talk about right now. Uh, how he wanted Colorado's band to be one with the team. Um, and that turned into a game of appropriation that everyone's playing versus what's appropriate that we are witnessing, right? Appropriation. First, cultural appropriation versus what's appropriate to what we're witnessing. All right. If y'all don't know what I said about that, y'all got to go find them old clips. I ain't going to regurgitate for my loyal fans who keep up with me. Um, appropriation. Tell me where y'all fall on this one, right? Because I've heard this one a thousand times. White girl gets her hair braided. Problem. What you getting your hair braided for? You trying to look black, trying to act black, trying to be black. Okay. But then I don't hear as much. When the black girl has blonde hair, mm, y'all seen that everywhere, right? No problem, right? Oh, she good. Oh, she good. She fresh. She got blonde hair. Last time I checked, do we? I mean, outside of Creoles, and I don't even know if they do, like, do we do that? Whatever. And then they be like, oh, man, stop stealing our stuff. Stop profiting off our stuff. Stop stealing from us. Then literally, we're out there playing basketball that white people created, Canada, Canadians. Football, Ivy League created it, white people. You think it was black people in the Ivy League in the 1800s? <laughs> Hollywood, you know, what I'm doing right now, industry created by white people. Point is, man, I just think it's a dangerous game. You know me, I'm a unifier, and I take all the hits. Y'all call me whatever y'all gonna call me. Okay, just call me, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, we need to stop all this, like, Re like revenue sharing and like pie slicing. Oh, that's not ours. Oh, that is ours. Oh, you stop right there. We all borrowing from each other. Damn it. If you're an adult in this world, you better be borrowing from somebody. One, from your bank. Use your debt to your benefit. Two, you need to be borrowing from your network. Like, yo, hook me up, work with me. Let's do this together. And three, don't use all yours to do anything in this world, including culturally, Defining who you are. Like you borrow from everybody. So I just thought that was a little interesting, especially when I'm watching Alabama football games and I hear, dun, 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 dun. bump the mother because I'm down with my. I'm like, wait a minute. Ain't that a PWI? <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, PWIs play down for my N words. Y'all need to stop playing with this appropriation. All right, let's get into this Wileyism right now. Oh, this Wiley isn't a good one. This is a good one. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Who said that? It wasn't me. Y'all know who said that. Winston Churchill. Okay. 
I swear this was one of my superpowers growing up. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. As y'all starting to get to know me intimately, like without a co-host, without a show production, kind of like disguising and hide me from you clearly. I'm a goofy motherfucker. <laughs> like I'm silly and I like it. It keeps me light. It keeps me pumped. I was worse when I was younger. <laughs> Let me just tell y'all that. But I noticed that defeat defeated dudes. And I like how that sounds. Defeat defeated dudes. Like they would lose and really feel like they lost in life. I'm like, no, no, that was just one day, one moment you lost that game. Oh, you lost her number. Oh, she didn't like you. Oh, he didn't fuck with you. Like who cares? Like, keep going. Like, the whole marathon is take the next step. Not try to check every mile. Am I up? Am I winning? You ever watch a marathon? That does not matter who's winning at the mile one, right? So I didn't give a damn. I never lost enthusiasm between my losses. I was like, whatever. Next time. I stayed pumped up because I love life. I love life. Y'all don't love life? I love life. I love how you compete in life. I love how you wake up every day and ain't nothing given to you. You got to eat what you kill. So let's go slay. Let's go slay. Cats out here scared to slay. I swear the only thing I'm really trying to make sure my kids understand is go slay. Turn that damn engine on, rev it to 100% and go get it. And don't turn it off and don't turn it down based on what you get. Fuck them results. Keep going through that process. Them results going to take care of themselves. I'm a living example of that enthusiasm man don't let no people take your shine away and that's what's happening these cats begin emotional and that trumps logic nowadays and the next thing you know you are not as enthused and pumped as you should be to do what you got to do because to make anything come to life you got to give it energy y'all can't just say i got it right here on paper it looks amazing you got to bring that shit to life success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm Winston Churchill. That's a gangster ass name too. Like if you, if your last name Churchill and they name you Winston, oh, you're going to be somebody in life. Guarantee it. All right. That's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. today! You want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. That's right. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally. That's me, that dude. Was you? Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. Ah, Marcel Swally. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those reviews. Keep them coming, man. I read every single one of them reviews. All, what I got? 182 of them. <laughs> Something crazy. Um, I love y'all, man. There's more coming from more to it. Talk to you hella soon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.